fight song teach that's what i'm told very cool welcome back everybody hour three t-row in the morning show thursday june 2nd brought to you every day by extreme outdoor equipment we're live in gainesville today getting set for the ncaa regional which gets underway here tomorrow and it is our pleasure and honor to welcome in now nick pierce nick is the uh, play-by-play voice for liberty baseball TJ, also the public address announcer for the Carolina Panthers. How about that? Very cool. Nick, good morning. How are you today? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks a lot for having me on. And, uh, you know, before we get too far into this, i got to say, I grew up in Atlanta. I'm a huge Atlanta Hawks fan. Thank you so much for Trey Young. <laughs> he has well, been a, that's just awesome. a joy to watch. <laughs> that's awesome. No, uh, we uh, – most of us enjoyed his one year in Norman and our big Trey Young fans. TJ, my co-host, actually uh, voted down a bill that would have built uh, Don't get great me things started. for kids Don't. in the city of <laughs> Norman that Trey it? was behind. But uh, anyway, we'll talk about that at another point. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Nick, tell me about this Liberty baseball team and the season they've had. Well, it's uh, it, it, there's sections of it. <laughs> um so the beginning of the year got off to an incredible start, 11-1, and one, and were living up to or exceeding all expectations coming in. This was a team that was picked to win its division, picked at the top of the A-Sun Conference. Uh, if you're not familiar with the A-Sun, they did two different divisions this year. You had East and West. They did not cross over and play interdivisional games until the conference tournament. So it was almost like having two conferences within one, if that makes sense. But the East Division was the much tougher of the two. Um, uh, there were at least, uh, at, at one point, there were four teams inside the top 100 in RPI, two inside the top 50. I think it wound up being three in the top 75 when it was all said and done. So those were wars uh, every single weekend in those three-game series. Um, after that 11-1 and start, we saw this team kind of come back to earth a little bit and uh, started playing some, some really tough competition Campbell, a team that's going to be in a regional, BCU, uh, just a really tough schedule this year. And I think that's a big reason that the Flames are, are here um, and, and also winning some of those games, taking two of three against Florida, beating UNC, a team that went on to win the ACC title. Um, getting some quality wins, I think it was seven against the top 50 this year, went 16 and 14 against the top 100. And this team really challenged itself even outside of that uh, grueling conference schedule that I referenced. So uh, it got off to a blazing start when went a little over 500 pretty much, uh, aggregate the rest of the way in that, that stretch, and then got hot again in the conference tournament. It's an older team. I think it's a team that kind of, I don't want to say knows how to turn it on and off, but knows when these games start to, to ramp up a little bit and start getting a little more uh, sense of urgency here towards the end of the year. And 
maybe you're seeing this team start to peak at the right time, having won five of its last six, but obviously ran into a very tough Kennesaw State team that a team that in which the Flames had beaten earlier that week in the conference tournament and pool play, but uh, just couldn't get it done in the on the day of the championship. So I think it's a team that you know got off to a hot start, maybe hasn't uh, lived up quite to the everyone's external expectations since then, but uh, still a team that has it in the tank and uh, can can definitely uh, get it going here in a in a regional because they've they've shown that before. What's the strength of this team, Nick? What do they do best? I think uh, pitching depth um, is one of the strengths of this team. If you look at last week in the conference tournament, they got all the way to the semifinal game. Did not even had not even used Joe Adamets yet, who's uh, arguably been their best pitcher uh, here over the last month. Um, I think that just the the abundance of arms that they have to go to uh, has certainly been a strength of this team and then also like I said just being an older team I think that's a strength as well just having a group of veterans guys that have been there done that so to speak Um, I think those are a couple of things that they're definitely going to be leaning on here this weekend I was talking to you last night it sounds like there there are uh, there is or are a key injury or two uh, coming into this including Garrett Horn one of their outstanding pitchers correct uh, I'm sorry, repeat that? It sounds like they've got a little bit of an injury situation, a couple of, of key guys that, that might be unavailable for the postseason. Is that right? Yeah, uh, Garrett Horn is uh, certainly a guy that um, is uh, – we, we haven't seen him on the mound since May 6th. He's got a shoulder thing going on right now. Uh, don't know that you'll see him this weekend. Nothing. It hasn't been officially announced that he is going to be out um, but I would be surprised to see him at this point, um, you know, having not pitched in that amount of time. And, look, he's a true freshman. I mean, they're, they're going to take care of him. Uh, they're going to look out for his future. Um, he's a guy that's got a future in baseball beyond college. Uh, fastball that's topped out at 97 this year. So, um, mm. certainly that, that's been a big loss uh, from, from the pitching side of things. But, you know, they've got some other options. They've got some guys they feel good about. Mentioned Adam S. still incoming as well has thrown the ball well here down the stretch. And one of those two guys are, are probably who you're going to see here against the Sooners on Friday afternoon. But, yes, Horn has uh, definitely been a big loss. Tell us about Adamets. It's Joe Adamets and Dylan Cumming. We don't yet know which one OU will face tomorrow. But um, what kind of stuff do those two guys have and what kind of season have they had? Yeah, so uh, – Kind of uh, similar in, in stuff, I guess. Uh, just one's from the left side, one's from the right side. Uh, Dylan Cummings got that uh, that true sinker. Uh, kind of compare him a little bit maybe to a Kyle Hendricks uh, sinker-slider combination. Um, you know, likes to keep the ball down in the zone, get ground balls. Uh, when it's up, he, he can get hit hard a little bit. Uh, that's where some of the home runs come from. Uh, Joe Adamets, same deal. I think with Adamets, with his uh, – with him, it, it comes down to, to guys being able to make the plays behind him. Um, we've seen him have some real staying power in some games, getting deep, uh, seventh, eighth inning type stuff, if uh, if the guys are making plays behind him. And um, if they're not, then we've seen Joe have to get taken out of some games maybe a little bit earlier than what you would have liked to, just to, to change it up, get a different look in there. So I think if this team's playing clean defense behind either of these guys, uh, they've got a good shot to, to stick around in there. And, you know, not to say that they can't strike guys out. I think 
Joe in the uh, A Sun tournament last uh, Friday in the semifinals. He set a career high with nine strikeouts. So, particularly when Joe gets that slider work, and he can be, uh, or the changeup as well, uh, he can be a, a real uh, threat out there on the mound to get some swing and miss. But uh, I think that's kind of what you can expect out of those two. How about the uh, the lineup offensively? Give me the overview of what Liberty uh, offers offensively. Yeah, I think it's a lineup that they've kind of settled into now as far as the order. Um, you know, at the top, you've got a, a veteran catcher and great bets who's just kind of always, you know, with him and Anderson, Aaron Anderson, they're one and two. Um, you know, Gray being a left-handed hitter, Aaron being a switch hitter. You've got a pretty good balance there. Then you go Derek Orndorff right, and then you go three Hillier left. So it's it's kind of that right-left balance that you would like to see in your lineup. Um, that's at the top has been, kind of been the table setter over the last couple of years. And him and Anderson, if those two guys kind of get going, then it seems like it, it gets contagious throughout the rest of the lineup. A couple of guys that are hot right now, you look at uh, Cam Foster. Uh, he's been the club's leading hitter, a true freshman at third base. Uh, he's hitting 444 over his last 10. He likes hitting in the state of Florida, too. Uh, all of his home runs but one have come down here. <laughs> so uh, he's a guy that um, – is uh, certainly one to watch out for right now. Three Hillier mentioned him a minute ago. He's a catcher by trade, but he's taken on left field this year. It's just a way to get his bat in the lineup. Uh, he's hitting 373 in the month of May. And so uh, a, a sophomore that's that's kind of figured things out, not really a, a second-year player anymore. He's, he's kind of becoming one of those veteran uh, bats in the lineup. Um, so, I mean, you know, they've had some guys come on here down the stretch. They've got some, some veteran presence at the top with, uh, you know, a fourth-year junior in Betts and a, a fifth-year senior in Anderson. So that's kind of been the feel. Uh, there's probably one or two guys that, <clears throat> excuse me, they'd like to see get going. You know, Derek Orndorff got off to that blazing start this year, hit 10 home runs in the first 10 games, and <clears throat> it's been a little tougher for him over the last month, but, you know, we saw him square one up last week in Fort Myers. He had a pretty good round of BP yesterday. So who knows? Maybe this is uh, the time of year he can he can start to turn it on to. Three Hillier, by the way, fantastic name. Is there any kind of a story there? <laughs> yeah, actually. So he is William C. Hillier the third. Okay. Um, okay. His dad was a assistant coach for Duke for a while, and uh, also coached some summer league ball. So he he's got baseball in his bloodlines. But he's gone by three ever since he was in elementary school. And even his teachers didn't believe him at first. They were like, oh, like, are you, are you kidding? Are you just trying to you know, get a laugh out of the, the, the other students? He's no, no, really, just call me three. <laughs> he said it would take uh, you know, sometimes a year at a time you know, going up through different grades for that to even catch on. But, and now the guys just mess with him here. They just call him Bill all the time just, just to mess with him. So. <laughs> Hey, uh, last question. We'll get you out of here. Uh, one or both of us are going to have to get through the Gators to get out of this yeah. regional. You've seen these guys. What was your? I know it's been a while, but what was your assessment of Florida? You know, I don't know if it's it's fair to because we we saw them so early in the year. Um, you could tell that the the potential was there, but their their hitters just weren't dialed in yet. Um, Certainly that's changed. Wyatt Langford's had a, a massive breakout year. Judd Fabian got off to a slow start, but now look up and he's got 22 home runs, you know, kind of what they expected out of him. Um, from the pitching staff standpoint, I mean, two-thirds of the rotation we saw 
here this past, uh, back in February, is, is down with injury now. Hunter Barco had Tommy John. Pierce Capola's been, you know, he hasn't made a start since he faced us. He's had a back injury most of the year. So kind of tough to gauge them what they are now as to what we saw in February. But it's certainly a much improved ball club by evidence of uh, them going all the way to the SEC title game. Look, there's no gimmies this weekend, guys. I mean, you've got two conference tournament <clears throat> uh, runner-ups in uh, uh, Liberty and Florida, and then you've got two conference tournament champions in Oklahoma and Central Michigan. So this this is going to be a really, really challenging weekend yeah. for whoever comes out of this thing. Yeah, it's going to be fun. This is going to be good baseball. Nick Pierce, play-by-play voice for Liberty. Nick, thanks so much. I really appreciate it, and we'll see you over at the ballpark here uh, sometime in the near future. Sounds good, fellas. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, buddy. Nick Pierce, good stuff. There's a little more on Liberty. I think it's going to be Adamets for them that starts tomorrow. We'll know today. Adamets is the lefty. Coming is the righty. I'm rooting for coming, but I think it's going to be Adamets. Um, we'll talk to David DeLucci. He'll be on the TV call for ESPN this weekend here in Gainesville when we come back. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Four-wheelers, side-by-sides, UTVs, travel trailers, or motorhome rentals. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby Exit 104B and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108. Toby and TJ back with you on a Thursday morning. We are in Gainesville getting set for the start of the NCAA Regional here tomorrow, and it is our uh, pleasure to be joined now by David DeLucci, former Major Leaguer, World Series champion, SEC Network host. He carries Dari Noka on the SEC Network with their baseball coverage, and he's going to be on the call down here uh, in Gainesville this week. David, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, it's an honor. It's an honor to have you on. First, just kind of general thoughts on the SEC and uh, and the, the draw that they got for this NCAA tournament. Anything surprise you about anything SEC related? Well, I, I think overall, uh, I think majority of the teams uh, that got in were, were deserving of the opportunity to play in the regional. The the one team that. I have questions about, and I was pulling hard for them, was Kentucky. Um, it came down probably to Ole Miss and Kentucky. Ole Miss had a big, better regular season record, but they just kind of they fell flat in the SEC tournament. Kentucky was a team that had some big series wins. They beat Tennessee two out of three. They beat Auburn. They beat Georgia, and they went non-conference and beat TCU. All of those are regional teams. And then they entered in the SEC tournament in must-win situations, and they played great all the way to the semifinals. They looked like a totally different team than they were early in the season. And I just kind of thought that they had played their way in an opportunity to get into a regional. If you compared them and Ole Miss, uh, depending on what the committee was looking for, Ole Miss had a better conference record, but the hotter team at the end of the year was Kentucky. So, I thought they missed out on an opportunity, but overall, I think every SEC that was deserving, every SEC team that was deserving, got in. We saw Tennessee early in the year down in Houston. They were unbelievable. I mean, you've seen them a lot this year. Is everybody just playing for second here, or are they gettable? <laughs> uh, I, anybody's gettable, right? Especially at this time of I don't year. Know. And, 
And it, <laughs> well, it almost seemed like in the SEC tournament, uh, Tennessee really, it took them a while to get their motor started. And I know they played good teams. They played LSU. Um, and, and really, uh, the final game with Florida, they, they just seemed like their timing was just a tad off. Now, look, I've run, I've run the stats because I've caught a lot of flack uh, on the SEC network is saying this, this is my, in my career, this is the best team that I've seen from top to bottom. And when I say that, I mean pitching-wise, I mean hitting-wise, I mean power. I'm talking about the bullpen and including the utility players that come off the bench. I've never seen a team that deep in my life. Now, there's been some better offenses maybe. There's been some better pitching staffs, but never together. You're talking about a team that they'll put in a utility player uh, that's got 10 home runs. Blake Burke is a freshman that just started getting ABs toward the end of the season. Um, he's got 12. Their uh, third baseman, Trey Lipscomb, has had a, a, a fabulous year this year with 21 home runs. I think he's hitting 353, and it just goes all the way across the, the batting order. And then in the pitching staff, they're so deep on the weekend rotation that their, their future first-rounder, Blade Tidwell, was injured. And while he was rehabbing, they filled his spot, and he couldn't get it back. Uh, there were two freshmen that book in the, uh, the starting rotation in the middle is, is the SEC Pitcher of the Year, Chase Dolander, who was a transfer. And if you get into that bullpen, man, you're going to see a guy that throws 105 miles an hour, and their closer tops out at about 82 so uh, they're able to match up with any offense out there. Doesn't mean they're not beatable, but it's just an incredible team that's been assembled. Wow. Wow. Um, okay, let's talk about Gainesville. Um, your thoughts on the regional and specifically Florida because you've seen them uh, certainly more than we have. I know Oklahoma's not opening with Florida, but maybe we'll see them sooner or later. But what are your thoughts on the Gainesville uh, quartet that's down here? I think it's one of the tougher regionals put together. I mean, look, Oklahoma is going to play a four seed that's got 42 wins this year. It's incredible the the talent uh, that we're going to see in this tournament. I'm excited to see uh, the three and four seed are teams that have had success in postseason the last couple years. Central Michigan uh, really stands out to me because – uh, I remember seeing them in Starkville and just the way that they were unfazed by a crowd of 13,000 fans that were yelling right on top of them. And they were dancing and having fun in the outfield like it was no big deal. Like they were playing wiffle ball in the backyard. And I expect them to do the same thing. They're a very talented team that plays the game the right way, extremely well coached, um, maybe not uh, a whole lot of power potential, in that lineup, but it's a team that um, they really feel like they belong there and that they can win. Uh, Liberty is a good team. Coach Scott Jackson, what he did earlier in the season was went into Florida, went into Gainesville, took two or three from the Gators in the opening series. Another good team that plays the game the right way. They're unfazed. They went to Knoxville last year and, and beat Tennessee one game in their regional. So they've got some big games under their belt. During the course of the season, Scott set up their lineup to where they played North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Duke. So this is not going to phase them either. 
Um, and then Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma is one of the hottest teams in the country. Got probably got snubbed uh, with an opportunity to host. I, I felt like they should have for what they did. And um, uh, you got Florida Gators, the host team, really in the SEC tournament, turned it on offensively. The pitching staff did great. They were swept earlier in the year by Tennessee, and they lost their ace, Hunter Barco. And it seemed like at that moment the team really – they were just kind of – they were mediocre. And after that sweep, they really kicked it in gear. In the second half of the season, they played really well. Um, so it, it, it's an extremely tough regional. Uh, Florida, at, at some point, you, you'd like to see the two mammoth teams, Oklahoma and Florida, play. I think they match up really well. Florida's got some serious power in that lineup. I think they're eighth in the nation in home runs. Uh, really, the starting pitching has come on as as late. You've got some flamethrowers uh, as starters, probably. I, I'm not sure how Coach O'Sullivan is going to throw his guys, but uh, he may save Brandon Sprout, who's been their top guy. Uh, for game two. So I, I just think the matchups all the way around are going to be very, very tight. Uh, hey, David, how does this ballpark play down here? Is it a is it a band box? Is it a pitcher's friend? How does Florida ballpark usually play? Well, it, it's uh, it's it's a big park. Uh, hard to hard to, to judge this year because of the the thunder in Florida's lineup. I mean, they they uh, Hoover Met, where the SEC tournament is played, is a big ballpark. And um, guys like Wyatt Langford and Judd Fabian, they made it look small. So they can make Yellowstone look small if, if uh, anywhere they, they play. But it's, it's a decent-sized ballpark. I, 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 I don't think it's a bandbox like uh, some of the other parks around the country. you got to get a hold of it. And you you got to earn it. That's, that's what I, I like about that ballpark. If you if you get one and square it up, you'll you'll be rewarded with a home run. You're not going to get any cheapies out there. But the other thing that concerns me is the weather. Um, I saw that there's some thunderstorms coming through there. So a hot muggy day in Florida, the ball doesn't travel very well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who who's calling the uh, games with you down here, David? Uh, so I'm going to do the color, and our play-by-play is is Steve Lennox. I was kind of hoping your boy Dari would get the call because of uh, OU being in there, but uh, I guess he's got bigger and more important plans than calling a regional. Too valuable. You know, you got to keep him in studio and all that fancy (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Hey, David, I really appreciate it, and uh, good luck on the call this weekend, and uh, thanks for jumping on the show with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Take care. Have a great day. You too. David DeLucci, he'll be on the ESPN. I think it's on Plus, at least the first game is. I'm not sure if the whole uh, regional's on Plus or not, but um, he'll be on the call for ESPN this weekend. On the TV side of things, we're not done. Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball coming up next. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. Oh, the endless parade of baseball knowledge continues this hour as we welcome in Kendall Rogers, the man himself from D1 Baseball. Kendall, good morning. How are you today, sir? 
I'm doing better. I caught up with a little bit of sleep over the last 24 hours, so I'm doing a little better. Yesterday I was feeling a little rough by about 5 o'clock. Thank you for squeezing us in. I know everybody in the world wants a minute of your time this week, so we really appreciate it. I'm a P1 consumer of everything you guys do over there. Sometimes I'm not real proud of it because I'll, like, get on the lawnmower (laughs) and dial up the Nerdcast and I'll be like, what am I doing? It sounds like three guys figuring out what to order on a Chinese yeah. menu. And then yeah. before I know it, an hour and a half's gone by, and I've listened to the whole dadgum thing. It's intoxicating. I don't know how you man. listen to that. I don't know how you listen to that because hour two, you know, cause we usually record that thing at like 9 o'clock at night. So like hour two is typically like somebody like forgets where we are on the order or somebody's newbie or something like that. So appreciate you listening. That's, that's dedication right there. I am a little upset with you, though this morning Uh Uh, Oklahoma has been flying under the radar all year being overlooked by everybody and here you go and you're just loving all (laughs) over them right now you got them going to Omaha and everything enough man enough OU love I I know right Ryan Gaines I think is mad at me for uh, picking OU to go to the I think I have OU as as the bracket runner up in one of the brackets in Omaha so uh, I have high expectations for the team, but I tell you what, Toby, I, I think when you look at this club overall, I think we both agree that we really like where the, you know where this team is, like the way they're playing. I think when you look at OU, uh, one thing that's unique to me about this group is, you know, I, I think with OU's pitching, you have to look beyond the numbers. I think when you look at the potential, you know, with David Sandlin, obviously Jake Bennett, uh, to me, pitches much better than his numbers indicate. Kate Horton uh, is finally healthy. You know, we got the 96 against Texas. And there just aren't that many teams in college baseball this year that you can look at and go, I feel really good about their one, two, three, and four starters. And I feel that way about Oklahoma. They're hitting at a high level. And frankly, I think Florida played well at the SEC tournament. But, you know, Florida is one of those teams that just, you know, has not been ultra consistent this year. So you're in a regional where you're playing teams that, A, either don't have as much talent as you do, or B, they've had a, you know, recent history of kind of folding in a regional a little bit. What's the worst mistake the committee made this year in the bracket? Uh, I would say Oklahoma and Notre Dame not hosting. Uh, I think when you look at those two teams not hosting, uh, what I don't understand about the committee, and I made this point in my story, I made this point to, to the chairman, my buddy, and he actually agreed with me, that you know when we have games being played at 5 o'clock on Sunday, like, why in the world do we need to announce the host sites at 7 p.m.? Like, Thank like you. why can't we just spend all day long Monday going through everything? Like, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to know the host the night before. Like, why do I need Thank to know you. the host the night before? Um, but why don't we spend all day Monday, have a selection show Monday night, you know, on whatever ESPN two prime time, and that's the way we do it. We let every game be played, and we go from there. And, and you know, he made the point well. We went through scenarios where if Oklahoma won, what would we do? And we still wouldn't have had them as a host. And I'm sitting there, like, how in the world would you not have them as a host? They finished one game out of first place. They had a higher RPI than a team that's your number six national seed. And they won the Big 12 Tournament Championship and played great there. So that made no sense to me. Uh, tell us as much as you can about the other three teams in this uh, Gainesville Regional with the Sooners down here. Florida, of course, Liberty is mm-hmm. who they open with tomorrow and uh, the Chippewas. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about CMU, and I'll kind of start with the fourth seed here, is you know, George Bishop's done a phenomenal job with that program. If you think about CMU historically, it's not a team that, you know, gets to you know, the regionals very often. But, you know, Jordan's done a tremendous job there. This is the third straight full season. because We had the COVID season, but this is the third straight full season 
uh, to get to the postseason. And, you know, the thing I like about CMU, the Chips, I mean, they're, they're battle-tested. I mean, this is a team that's been to the postseason. They know what to expect, as you saw with the way they played. Uh, you know, in the Mac tournament, your ball city is actually a really good team. Uh, they know what's needed in the postseason to win. And so I think when you look at this team overall and you look at, you know, guys like Andrew Taylor on the mound, I don't know what order they're, you know, what order they're going to go in on the mound, but, you know, Andrew Taylor is one of the best pitchers in college baseball. Uh, you know, they've got some offensive firepower. Liberty, for me, uh, is a really interesting team. You know, they've got, they've kind of had some ebbs and flows this year. You know, Derek Orndorff, a power hitter for them. You know, I think he had 12 bombs or something, probably a month and a half into the season. Uh, he's only got 15 now, so he's totally cooled off. And you know, the other thing to watch for for Liberty is they're going to need some guys you know, outside of Joe Joe Adamitz to to step up on the mound because Garrett Hood or Garrett Horn, excuse me, is one of the more talented young arms in the country. Uh, it sounds like he's still on the shelf, so you will not see him this weekend. I think he's been out for about two and a half weeks. So I mean, they're a good team. Uh, they just don't have quite the depth. And then Florida, you know, I saw them last week in Hoover at the SEC tournament. And they are playing a lot better. The thing about it is I want to see Florida do it. Uh, you know, I don't know if you want to see Florida do it, but I'm saying I want to see them do it again uh, this weekend. Like, can they put two straight weekends together? Because, you know, Brandon Sprout, who you will not see because he's going to start the opener against CMU. But, you know, he was up to 99 last week at the SEC tournament in the start. He looked really good. Uh, you know, when you look at, you know, the offensive lineup, you know, keep an eye on Wyatt Langford. That's going to be the big key for Skip and company is, is keeping him, if they play or uh, Florida, keeping him from getting that offense going. He's one of the top players, uh, you know, in that, in that, in that sophomore class for uh, Florida. And, you know, the other guy for me is Judd Fabian. When you look at the Gators, he's got the strangest numbers you'll ever see. He strikes out a lot. Uh, his batting average is like 250, but then he has 20-plus bombs. He's just one of those guys that's really – feast or famine but i tell you what when he gets rolling he's unstoppable and so that keeping him from getting that that gator offense rolling certainly is, is going to be a big key this weekend for all those sounds like uh nolan mclean at oklahoma state to me that's maybe a great comp wide. actually yeah yeah I mean, he's more maybe. athletic he's more athletic um he's he's a center fielder and he's much more athletic and he's a, he's actually a big time prospect i'm just not sold on him as a as a premier prospect because you know when the, I, i'm trying to think of the last like successful MLB player I've seen that was a career like 240, 250 hitter in college baseball. But yeah, he does not have uh, almost triple digit strikeouts, probably like Nolan. Hey, we've been to, uh, we were in Arkansas last year. We've played a super down at LSU. We played a super over mm-hmm. in South Carolina. What, what's the, uh, where does the atmosphere at Florida ballpark rank kind of in the SEC? How, how ruthless are they over here? Uh, on a scale of zero to 10, probably a, 0.5. Um, it, it's one of those places where people go to, to watch baseball and it doesn't really get rowdy. Um, now, I say that, and the, knowing my luck, they'll probably have 12,000 people there this weekend and there's people throwing stuff. But, uh, you know, the times I've been there, even when they played Miami, like it just hasn't been, it's not a rowdy atmosphere. It's more of kind of a country club, let's show up to the game and watch baseball and go home kind of deal. So, in that sense, like if you're a you, like you're kind of loving it because it's not like you're it's not like you're going into Arkansas, where you know people are yelling at you nonstop. You're going to you know A and M or LSU or somewhere like that. It's it's a very laid back atmosphere. We had David Delucci on last segment, and I, and I asked him. I'll ask you too. Are we all playing for second here? I mean, is is anybody mm-hmm. going to be able to beat Tennessee? or Are they unbeatable? Oh, they're definitely beatable. I mean, they showed uh, they showed signs at the SEC tournament that teams can hang with them. I mean, LSU hung with them uh, without Jacob Berry uh, and Kay Doty, two of the best players in college baseball. So, 
You know, I think the biggest thing for Tennessee is I, I think they're going to be fine at home for the next two weeks. Uh, they, they just play so well at home. So, you know, when you get to Omaha, and you know this as well as anybody, you've been around the game a, a long time, uh, it, it is a whole new ball game. And that, you know, what's the thing about Tennessee is, like, they're kind of their success offensively to, the, to an extent. I, I don't want to sell them short, but, like, to an extent, their success is predicated upon, you know, hitting the long ball at, at home at Lindsey Nelson. And what's the thing you don't want to do in Omaha is predicate your game based on the long ball. And so, you know, Omaha tends to kind of even things out a little bit because of the dimensions. I just think when you get there, it's a different feeling. And I, and I think the pressure, you know, basically the pressure starts to shift to them quite a bit if they get to Omaha. All they hear is, oh, you know, 2001 Miami, 2001 Miami. And I don't care who you are. If you're a 21-year-old kid, uh, that can get to you a little bit. So I, I say that they're, they're far and wide better than everybody else. But just just wait. I mean, they're, they're going to lose to somebody. I'll tell you, man, if it was up to me, uh, you guys would make the bracket. I, I'm going to make Joe Castiglione <laughs> mad. Same. But, like, getting these athletic directors together, they don't know anything about yeah. college baseball all year, and they're trying to put this thing together. Yeah. They're probably listening to you guys anyway to put it together. So you guys do a great job, and it's amazing what you built that thing into over there really is. it's been awesome and, and, and i'll say this about the committee and and they obviously made some bad decisions this year uh, i don't think they made a ton i think they made a couple uh but you know the thing about it is those guys you're right they're, they're like the basketball committee they're, they're not watching you know like the, the hoops committee is not watching iona versus fairfield in march the baseball committee is not watching these teams until the last two weeks of the season so to be fair those guys do reach out a lot to kind of ask our opinion on things but at the end of the day they did make a couple of decisions this year that I'm sitting there going, I don't know how exactly you came to that. <laughs> now, hey, Kendall, I appreciate it. I know you're very busy. Uh, get some more rest and enjoy the baseball this weekend. And lay low a little buddy. bit Stay on traveled. the Sooners, okay? Yeah, yeah. keep keep RG out of trouble down there in Gainesville, man. I got no chance at that. I've got no chance <laughs> at that. Y'all be good. See you, Kendall. Good luck. Uh, I, I can tell you right now that just the fact that he dropped Ryan Gaines' name a couple of times, TJ, there's been some sort of a deal worked out in advance to where Gaines would give him a pair of shoes pair or something shoes. if he yeah, worked his name thinking. into the broadcast. So I'm on to you, Gaines. By the way, is it a good sign that we're playing in Gainesville this week? I hadn't thought about it until I just heard him say that, and then I tied it together and yeah. tied the probably a, a gifting of shoes or something in there, so... Maybe, maybe a deal has been signed that we don't know about. Well, I'm just saying, no, I'm saying the regional is in Gainesville. No, I know. Gainesville, yeah. I think that's a good sign for us. I mean, this is, it's been, uh, you know, it's been a rough year for Ryan. That is true. That is true. And he's overcome a lot. And I don't think it's uh, just, you know, coincidence that we've been sent to a town named after his family, obviously. Of course. Of course it is. So um, Now, he would tell you he'd probably be, rather be playing in the Bronx, but, you know, I don't know that yeah, was the option. the only thing about Ryan. He's such a big Yankees homer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a lot of baseball we just threw at you, folks. I'm going to let you lay down. I would, I would advise during this commercial break you lay down and just let it all sink in a little bit. All right? It's a lot. Chris Plank's going to join us. We're going to talk softball next. Back after this. It's TJ's fault. I didn't pertain to anything. I just hadn't played it in a while. No, yo, you were just telling me off the air that uh, doctors agree with me and they're reaching out to you and letting you know that I'm yeah. right. So, yeah. There's a doctor in Piedmont that tweeted me and said, you're right about the cough thing. 
I knew I was right. I don't need verification Hogwash. from a doctor. Hogwash. I play I, one I, on the I, radio. Not buying it at all. Chris Plank joins us live, I believe, from Hall of Fame Stadium now as it's time for the crossover brought to you by the Cleveland County Family YMCA. Good morning, Plank. What's up, Toby? Hey, it can be TJ's fault because, yes, we are at USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium and our internet line doesn't work in our booth, so we can blame TJ for that, It's TJ's right? fault. Thank there you, very you much. go. There you go. Plank, here we go. I thought I connected we- the cables. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's all your fault, TJ. <laughs> how's how's ready, the dude. weather looking out there, Plank? Are we going to be okay today? A uh, little overcast. Um, if I put on my if I put on my weather forecasting hat, I think we're good. Um, man, it rained a lot last night, at least in my house. And I know they got a lot of rain here, but I've been watching this grounds crew and. Um, there, they, this place is pristine right now. The outfield looks awesome. The dirt looks great. Uh, they obviously had the field covered last night. If they didn't have the field covered, we wouldn't be playing today. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's in great shape, and we're ready for Texas and UCLA here in a bit. And then of course I, uh, Oklahoma and Northwestern at one thirty. You'll appreciate this. I tweeted out last night that I've arrived with the baseball team in Gainesville. Yada yada yada. And a guy tweeted me. I don't know if a guy or a lady. Somebody tweeted me back and said, "Oh no, who's calling the softball games?" hey uh give us the chris plank schedule today sorry toby as soon as uh our our, line right there is orchid that orange one um tj's fault basically what we're going through is we've got our obvious pregame stuff that we're doing here from nine until i'm 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 thinking hopefully I get to talk to joey at 11 and and it's just a matter of kind of what this schedule goes with for the first game, and then we'll race down and talk to Patty Gasso for our pregame show. And regardless of what's happening, you kind of know how the schedule gets in these postseasons. Um, we're going to go with 115. And uh, if Texas and UCLA happen to go long, well, we'll have an extended pregame show. Um, but this is this is this is the toughest pod, if you will, this morning pod, right? With these four teams. Um, Texas and Dulcini and what she did this weekend, um, and obviously how Janae Jefferson led Texas to their win, um, UCLA and, and kind of what they have the potential to be and what they started to look like, and then obviously Danielle Williams and Northwestern versus uh, the Sooners, who are the hands-down number one seed. This is the bracket that has, I think, the, in the very least, you know, the, the four of the best teams that are here. Uh, Oklahoma State, to me, if you just look at the past, hands down the best team in that evening series. But if Florida's doing, and not to get too in the weeds here, but Florida is Florida's doing it different, right? They're kind of gone with this um, speed approach, and it's, it's almost an old-school college softball approach where you got some choppers, you got some speed demons. I mean, they only hit – I think Jocelyn Allo has about as many home runs this year as – Florida has as a team. In fact, wow. if you combine Jossie and if you combine Jossie and Tra Jennings, um, it's uh, let's see, twenty nine. They have uh, at the very almost double the amount of home runs that Florida has this season. So uh, this is going to be a fun evening session. You know, I, I, I've joked about it, and it's not a knock. You look at you look at both Oregon State and Arizona and their path, and you wonder how how in the world are they here, right? I mean, <laughs> Arizona at one point was zero and eight in conference play, and 
Uh, Oregon State had like a, let me see, get my notes here to make sure I got it right. I want to say that they had a, um, yeah, they had a losing streak this year of 10 games. Oregon State did, and they're in the Women's College World Series. So it's a very unique field this year, but I, I think we're shaping up for a fun. And get this, Toby, cool, crisp day. Nice. Not, who's, not smoking today. It's going to be great weather. I can't wait. Who's on the call with you today? DJ Sanchez. Okay. He's going to be with me all weekend, and then Aaron great. Miller has the open mic anytime she wants to slide in. And then Sirius XM tonight, or Westwood One tonight? Yeah, yeah, Sirius XM 84, and then I'll be on the call in Westwood One for the Florida game against uh, Oregon State and then uh, Oklahoma State and Arizona. It's going to be a, a long but a fun day. I'm pumped about it. You are a marathoner. My man, um, <laughs> give me the four winners today. Oh, my! I, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here sprinting through things. I thought TJ told me to shut up. I thought we were going up against. All right, I'll I'll, I'll give you. A, <laughs> what have I ever call. told you to shut up? No, no, no. Shut no, up! No, no. I never told you to shut up. Exactly. Um, I think you've got Oklahoma. It's, here's the thing: you see, and DJ Gasso, Toby, who is the Utah hitting coach. And son of Patty, brother of JT, son of Jim Gasso is coming yeah. on with us at 10 a.m. He faced just about every team in this field. Um, he's, th- he's torn on this game. So I'm going to say UCLA gets it done. You've got OU UCLA on Saturday. And I think in the bottom part of the bracket, it's Tim Walton versus Kenny Gajewski on Saturday. I think it's going to be Oklahoma State and Florida. It's going to be uh, – and then, of course, now the schedule's different because on Fridays – you get the two teams that are going to be fired, the four teams that will be fighting for their postseason lives. So wow. um, it's a little different on that front. You know, the the gift used to be the Saturday off, right? You win your Thursday-Friday games, but you're off Saturday. Now with the new schedule, win tonight, you get tomorrow off, and you're on ABC on Friday or Saturday if you're Oklahoma, UCLA, or Texas. 20 Chris, seconds. Have Shut a up, great Chris. call all day long. <laughs> Hopefully your voice will stay fine because obviously if anything happens to it, there's nothing that can medically be done to help you in any way. So I hope that you're able to stay healthy all weekend. Have a great call. TJ, you were outstanding this hour, by the way. Well done by you. Thanks to Nick Pierce, David DeLucci, Kendall Rogers for joining us. You find folks for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow on game day from Gainesville. Have a great Thursday, everybody.